I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everybody. It's the Title IX Podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, joined by Elisa Woods and our friend Jared Stansberry. Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. What's up? It's episode 22, and before we do anything else, we want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Alisa? Hootie-hoo! Hootie-hoo! Thanks, Ivy College of Business. We love you. We love you. So tonight, uh, one of the things we're going to talk about really briefly is the newest COVID cancellations that affected Major League Baseball, well, Minor League Baseball, I guess, in the Knoxville Nationals. Um, But we're really going to focus in on the... I guess I'd call it an Instagram essay, essentially, that Ian Desmond uh, put out yesterday and some of the takeaways that Elisa and I took from that. And then the NBA is not uh, safe from COVID, just like anything else. And we've kind of dug into that tonight. So that's those are our main topics of the evening. But before we get to it, we want to give a shout out to our super patrons. We have two of them tonight. We have Jeff Harrison and then we have Jeff and Marilee Blosser. So we'll do the Blosser family first. Jeff and his wife, Marilee, graduated from Iowa State in 1993. They're raising both of their daughters, Ellie and Ryan, to be Cyclones as well. So good for both of them. Ellie will be a sophomore in the fall, and the Blazers have been uh, football season ticket holders for 25 years and wrestling season ticket holders for 10, so they're diehards. Um, they told us they decided to become super patrons because the content that Cyclone Fanatic generates is, quote, outstanding, and they want to continue uh, to see Cyclone Fanatic succeed. So thank you, Blosser family. And our other shout-out goes to Jeff Harrison. He's been an Iowa State fan since he was a kid, despite growing up in eastern Iowa. He graduated with a degree in history. History in 1984 before joining the Navy and spreading the Cyclone love around the world. He told us that being able to follow the Cyclones from afar through Cyclone Fanatic is great, particularly after living in Germany for several years. He now lives in Omaha and he's been happy to be back in Ames for a few games. So thanks for Jeff Harrison. As a reminder, if you're interested in becoming a Cyclone Fanatic premium subscriber, check out all the incentives, including these awesome shout outs that we do at CycloneFanatic.com. And I am so glad that Jeff is from Omaha because I said it from the beginning that being a premium member with Cyclone Fanatic would be great for people who are outside of the Ames, Des Moines area because they don't have that community that we have here as much. So I am I'm thrilled to see that I was proven correct. Do you want to talk about what I'm doing? Yeah. So uh, Steph is currently eating an entire watermelon. Um, I'm hoping that she took a picture of the watermelon before. I because did. Okay. I was going to say there's no proof that that's melon. the whole <laughs> watermelon. It's a damn good looking melon. It's a good looking melon. But it smells amazing. Um, but if you do hear some <laughs> over here, that's because Steph is eating an entire watermelon as she was challenged to do on Twitter last week. But I was week. challenged by myself. Okay. It's true. Yeah. Just let me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This, this, I was just going to say, can we talk about how this came up right, in the I, fact that no one challenged you? You literally said, do you think I can eat a watermelon on the right. podcast? I'm going to challenge myself to eat an ice cream sundae next time. <laughs> it wasn't even. OK, let's just back up. Let's just back up. I've got the receipts. I can find I can get right to the bottom of this. I've been wanting to do this for years because I love watermelon. Like I love watermelon. OK. And I've always said I think I could eat one, an entire melon in one setting. And I don't know what we were talking about in our group chat, but it just came up and I said, do you guys think I could eat an entire watermelon in one sitting? And then someone said, you should do it on the podcast. And that's how this was born. So here's the thing. Okay. That watermelon is not only larger than your entire body, but it is most definitely larger than your bladder. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm thinking that during our, our break, you're going to be running for and the loo. It's pretty heavy too. Okay. So I've gotten to the bottom of this, uh, <laughs> You texted us at what time was this? <laughs> I don't know. You said you have the receipt. This was noon. What, this was at noon. Like, what were you thinking about at noon? <laughs> what what day? She was thinking about uh, watermelon. The twenty fifth. So it would have been like last. Uh, what would that last Thursday? 
Is that right? Why are uh, you thinking about watermelon at noon on a Thursday? What, what, uh, what preceded that? Be- you, you said, can we do the pod on Tuesday next week? And I said, works for me. And then Elisa said, yep, works for me. And then you followed it right up. So I think I can eat a watermelon in one sitting. Should I try it? Yes, record it. I said, should do it during a podcast. OMG, yes, I'm doing it. And then we will um, move on from there. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't know. That's a lot of watermelon. I'm just glad that Unless you chose that little bit long. to read from our group chat as opposed to some of the other areas in our group chat. I was, I was just Is that say, why you stopped? Yeah, I was just going to say things got a little salacious yeah, there after not, that. So not safe to, for work at home. No, no. But my favorite part of all of this is Steph. Do you want to tell everybody what I'm doing? <laughs> yes. You're so proud of it. I am proud of it. This is going to be a feat. And you are not going to eat that entire thing. Unless you're just not going to talk oh, during the podcast. Oh, I think she's going to. I don't to. think you are. I, you think this Jared, is an abnormally I'm, long listen, podcast? Okay. I'm halfway through this thing already. First of all, Jared, you are underestimating my ability to speak for the entire <laughs> The entirety of this podcast, Fair. which I can, I am fully capable of doing. I have notes, um, my ransom notes on my that white looks like a piece note. of paper. That's because I can't write, and I also have notes on my notes in two different places on my phone. And let me just defend myself. You definitely have not eaten half of that. I'm sorry. Elisa took a picture. Take compare it to where we okay. were ten minutes ago, you guys. You're getting a little defensive. Well, let me just say, last night at like nine o'clock, I drove to Culver's. <laughs> I told totally, yeah, and I got myself a sourdough melt and a giant thing of custard, and mm. I just hammered it. You, I can eat a lot of food. Let's just put it out there, and I'm, I'm going to prove it. Just don't choke. Don't don't complain to us when that watermelon makes you sick because you ate too much. Of it. I'm not going to. Don't you're like never going to want to eat watermelon ever again <laughs> after this. Okay, we'll see. All right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. <laughs> go ahead go ahead go ahead all well right. this cold stone across the street from us is popping <laughs> off there is some oh i thought that i thought those ladies why are you were giving away free advertising there were some ladies in stilettos that i thought were going in but i they think were, they might be going to that mexican restaurant they're probably popping on down to the uh home of the cyclone fanatic radio show whiskey river here mm. in beautiful prairie trail district of that's right. ankeny that's right Look at that free advertising. <laughs> That's not free advertising. I'm just throwing out a Cyclone Fanatic sponsor. Sorry. I'll tell you right now, they have no they're idea. They're not. That place across the street's okay. not. They're, they have no idea where they're going. Well, okay. good for them. We'll All just right. keep watching them. All right. So COVID cancellations. Minor League Baseball season got canceled today. That's a bummer because it's not only the Iowa Cubs. It's the Cedar Rapids Colonels, the Quad City River Bandits, the Clinton Lumber Kings, and the Burlington Bees. And the huge bummer is that the Lumber Kings and the Bees may not come back from mm-hmm. this. And I mean, they're not going to be alone. A lot of these clubs aren't going to come back. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, these towns rally around little things like that. Mm, so it's NL- a bummer. MLB got what they wanted, I guess. So. Yeah, I won't yeah. get into that. But. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Knoxville Nationals, which that's just a huge bummer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read the letter that Knoxville released, but essentially they said um, it was shut down by the state and, you know, they wanted to have um, several thousand more people than what the state was willing to allow. And it just became unmanageable at that point. I don't know if you heard Chris talk on fanatics at all today about it, but he made a good point in that. Saturday at the Nationals, you're not going to, if they would have allowed the number of people that they wanted to allow, it probably wouldn't have been a good look. You have a mm. lot of people who aren't wearing masks. Yeah. No social distancing. And I understand that. It's just a bummer for Knoxville and yeah, something that's been a staple. Just really sad that I won't get my Saturday night at the Dingus. dingus. Uh, we won't. <laughs> I won't get to hang out in the church and in the church parking lot and drink beers and uh, listen to DMX. All I have to say is I was really hoping this year was going to be my initiation, but I guess I'll have to wait till 2021. Hmm. I don't know if you can handle it. This, this is a, Can I handle it? I what do you don't mean know you don't know if I can handle it? Could. What do you mean? I you guys would walk it. away from this situation with some serious problems with us, I think. It would be a real real eye opener. You could you could handle it, but I'm just saying it would be like this is definitely a you don't think you told me stories that have made me judge you already. <laughs> oh, no, I know that you had, but I'm just, at, I mean, at we, the holiday party, what happens, what happens at the dingus stays at the dingus. Okay. All right. At the holiday party, stone sober, I come around the corner singing Earl had to die and <laughs> Chris Williams says, oh God, Elisa's going to kill somebody. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to kill somebody unless it was Earl, but I think I, I think I can hang. We could both hang. There's a reason that the Dingus podcast has never been released. <laughs> well, 
Well, like I said, what, stays, what happens Release if the dingus the stays at the dingus? What happens if the dingus stays at the dingus? Well, not in 2020, because nothing has happened right. at the dingus this year. Oh, no, the dingus will still be late, I promise you. The state will not allow them to have as many people as they want, but do you know what the state is going to allow? Ooh. Forever and ever, ever again, alcohol to go. Yeah. I'm okay with that. They are? Yeah. Can I, can I throw out an idea? I think it's a million dollar idea. Yeah. Why do we not wait, have... Wait, 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 wait. Why are we telling the listeners of the podcast? Well, because I don't... One, I don't have the resources nor okay. the time or energy you to You tell your million dollar idea and then I'll tell you mine. Okay. okay. It is an absolute travesty that alcohol delivery does not exist in the state of Iowa. And it is a thing. We have passed a law that makes it to where it is possible, but yet it still does not exist. How is someone not taking advantage of this? Are I feel you like sure it doesn't exist. Jared, there's breweries in Iowa that are delivering. <laughs> Mouthful of water. Yeah, mouth. I think that I've seen that breweries are. But I don't want the. Deli- I don't want he a brewery. Wants the liquor. I want someone who will go to Hy-Vee or go to the liquor store for okay, me. Okay, they're oh. doing that though. Who? Like Hy-Vee Grocery will do it. I bet Isles Hy-Vee and Line Grocery does will it. not do that. Yes, they will. They um, deliver. Isles and Line will put it in the back of your trunk yeah. without even asking for your ID. I'm sorry, maybe it's just me because I look like I'm <laughs> 20. Um, I can't believe they're not taking my ID. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, they'll load it in the back of my car. Well, I mean, I'm just not. Two wait, kids that's screaming like, in the back. But they won't bring up. it to my house. I, I feel like they will. I'm, I think they will, Jared. I think you're wrong. No, if you go, if I guarantee if you went on Hy-Vee's website right now and tried to get a case of Bushlight ordered to this office, <laughs> it would not work. I promise you. Well, mm-hmm. I'm doing the watermelon challenge, so why don't you do the Bushlight delivery challenge? Well, I've, tried, I've already <laughs> tried. That's why I know, can tell you that this is the way that it is. When did you try it, though? I mean, relatively recently. Mm. Okay, well, All right, well, it's a good idea, but I, I think a it's a few, think few it's too many beers, and I knew I couldn't walk my ass to the Casey's <laughs> to get my own case of Bushlight and carry it back. Your Red Bull. That's every day. <laughs> okay, anyways, what's, what's your, this podcast about? Wait, what's your idea? Oh, my idea is it's a, it's a hitch for the back of your car that's removable. So if you go to somewhere that's renting, um, that's renting trailers and you're wanting to move, but you don't have a hitch for your back of your car. It's like a reliable, my dad says they exist, but I don't know that they do exist. But I think that like U haul now, like there's one that's removable that they can hook to the back of your car. Does that already exist? 100%. Well, I guess both of our million ideas already exist. Before we get into the, uh, really heavy part of this podcast. I just want it to be known that the bottom of this container can be seen already. Yeah, that's because you're only eating out of the very middle. And you're lucky that I bought you some time by telling everybody my million dollar idea. There's not a time limit on this. Yeah, it's you gotta finish sitting. it by the end of the podcast. It's one sitting, and I've I'm, whatever. Anyway, let's talk. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just need to get my bearings. yeah. This is gonna go well. <laughs> All right, Ian Desmond. 11-year Major League Baseball veteran. He's with the Rockies. Uh, was it yesterday that he released this on Instagram? Doesn't matter. It was Within the day that I saw it, okay. so it must have been Yeah, recently. last couple of days. It was basically him saying he's decided not to play. And it's COVID-related, kind of, because he has four kids. His wife's pregnant. But really at the core of this is, I'd say, a social and a racial issue. And what do you what do you want to talk about first? The social part of it, maybe? Yeah. The economic part of it. Let me just read the paragraph that I that stuck out to me. Um, He said, think about it right now in baseball. We've got a labor war. We've got rampant individualism on the field in clubhouses. We've got racist, sexist, homophobic jokes or flat out problems. We've got cheating. We've got a minority issue from the top down. One African-American GM, two African-American managers, less than eight percent black players, no black majority team owners. And that uh, came after, uh, I would say, several paragraphs about him talking about how, as a child, the difference between him and a lot of other people was that some people could throw money at their kids and suddenly they're in these different leagues and he's not. And he's and he even recognized that his children, because he's a major league baseball player, have these advantages that other kids don't and why that's a problem. Do you want to start there, maybe? Yeah. So my... My focus kind of brings the two things together okay. because I think that the 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 wealth disparity in America is a very racial yes, thing. They, yes, they coexist. Yes. And so the, the things that kind of pointed out 
to me was the part where he said a lack of focus, making baseball accessible and possible for all kids, not just those who are privileged enough to afford it. And then why aren't accessible, affordable youth sports used at, viewed as an essential opportunity to affect kids development as opposed to money making propositions and recruiting chances. So <laughs> basically the systemic racism and lack of generational wealth that that exists in America causes African-Americans to be unable to play travel ball. And that's a fact. I mean, perpetual. Yeah. Travel baseball averages out to about $3,700 a year, but some families pay upward of 8,000 if they want extra training services and if they want to play in out of state tournaments. Um, And not only is it the money that it costs for the kids to play ball, it's the money that it costs to travel, the hotels, the eating outside of your home, your entire family coming with part of it too. Yeah. So 19% of black families have zero or negative net worth. Well, only 9% of white households have no wealth whatsoever. The medium net worth when the head of the household has a bachelor's degree. So one person in your house has a bachelor's degree. If you're white, the median net worth is $397,000. Black households, same thing. One person in your household has a bachelor's degree, 68200 that's a huge disparity. I would say that and qualifies I, as huge. Yes, it's difficult to it's difficult to say that that's that's not an actual that wealth the wealth disparity is not an actual thing when you see that. So black families without without a d- degree, it's even more egregious. I think so. Their median net worth without an agree without a degree is eleven point six thousand dollars. That means. You don't have equity in a home. You possibly have some equity in a in a car. Possibly. Possibly. And then possibly some money in savings. No, no other money anywhere else. You're not holding on to, you know, any retirement that you can cash out. You're not holding on to any you have no disposable income. Yeah. You right. don't you don't have any cash income, basically. Um, white families without any degrees, still the medium net worth is going to be 98.1,000. That means that they have a home and that they have some money in savings. And so I think we can all agree that black families are less likely to be able to afford travel ball and more likely to rely solely on prep baseball before they get to college. So then I'm starting to look at the, the different pathways to the major leagues and all of the different sports. So the MLB, obviously it's travel ball to college, to MLB or travel ball to MLB, skip college. So very, very low percentage of black baseball players in the MLB right now. It's actually only one third of what it was at its peak in 1981. So black, black MLB allowed black baseball players in 1947 with Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby. So for, for 34 years, the numbers went up. Yeah. Then after 1981, now for 39 years, those numbers have gone, gone back down. down. So in the latest number that I saw in 2018 was only 6% of college baseball players were black and that in the MLB only 8.4% were black and juxtapose that with football and basketball where black males comprise 46.9% of NCAA football. So FBS uh, players and then 58.9% of D1 basketball players. So huge disparity there. So, so I started looking, so MLB has travel ball and that's kind of your pathway to get there. Soccer has club. And that's, that's an interesting one to me because that's unique to America in, in European countries and other countries, soccer is the poor man's sport. You need one ball right. for the whole neighborhood and you guys can play, you know, and, and, Anyone and everyone can play. But here, if you're if you're a male wanting to play soccer at a higher level, you're going to have to go through club. You're just going to have to. So then where it gets interesting is the NFL. So the NFL's pathway is going it goes through prep. Right. It goes through prep to college. college. So who can play prep? Anybody. Anybody who goes to high school can play prep. You don't have to have special money to play prep. It gets a little muddy, you know, 
private school and right. stuff like that. But it's, it's, there's not as much of a disparity as it is between prep and club ball in a lot of different places. And so that accounts for the large amount of NFL players who are black. They can play. They can play in all of those different areas because it doesn't cost money in all of those different areas because we've already agreed that the there's a huge wealth disparity in America. So then why is the AAU circuit, AAU to college to NBA, so available for black athletes? And that's where I wanted to pull Jared in and hear me out here. So what, and I talked to my husband about this before we came in, what we kind of decided is that there's these handlers and the NBA, (laughs) the NBA has created a a product that is popular within the African-American community. It just has. And so these handlers have taken advantage of that and they've found these poor families with amazing athletes. And they've said, you know, let me get you to Duke. Let me get you to, you know, Michigan state to Kansas. Let me get you here. And they get one there. And now all of a sudden people are Duke, you know, Michigan state, Texas, Durant. They're saying like, Hey, get me these other athletes. I'll give you a little money. Get me these other athletes to make sure that they come here. So these handlers go to these AAU players and say, Hey, listen, I got, you know, Durant to Texas how about, you know, you work with me and play on this certain AAU team. And so these handlers are now working kind of under the table, benefiting from the schools, paying them, benefiting, you know, under the table with these schools, paying them, getting these athletes. And these black athletes are just pawns to get people money, which is kind of what he was talking about. You know, right. like it's, it's all about wealth and so I just thought that that was an interesting thing. So Jared, I want to pick your brain about that a little bit. So what are your thoughts on why the the pathway through AAU is so available to the uh, uh, race that we've agreed has less wealth, whereas it's not as available for club baseball? Um, I'm trying to think of the correct way to approach this. And I... I think the best way is to say that AAU programs, while they do make money off of their best players, they're not making money off their best players directly. <laughs> right. Does so that make sense? Are you, are you talking about the saying. AA programs or are you talking about the handlers? I'm, I'm talking about the AAU programs, but the handlers in the AAU programs okay. oftentimes are more or less the same. Sure. So... To throw out a a hypothetical scenario, say there is program X and they are in Florida, you know, well, okay, they're kind of just getting started, but they're starting to get a little bit of foot, uh, a little bit of footing and they want to get on the EYBL, which is the elite youth basketball league. It's Nike's basketball circuit for the AAU. Um, And they get an opportunity to where there is a kid who is, is right down the road, who is number one recruit in the country. If they can go and get that kid, that all of a sudden will give them instant credibility mm-hmm. for him to be on their AAU program. Right. So you get that kid, then all the other people, you know, say that this is in... Then the people who can afford it are going to come and correct. play for your team. So it's in Daytona. Mm-hmm. And this this program has 12 teams, you know, and each level's got three different teams. You've got your 16U gold team that's the best one. You've got your one that's like going off and playing nationally or whatever. And then you got your, you know, 16U silver and your 16U bronze and all that stuff. And just it the gets lower whale. and lower. I, my, um, I'm sorry, my ASA softball team was the killer whales. We sucked. Uh, but... <laughs> Those, we were like the CCCD team. I'm willing to bet that a lot of times those kinds of kids don't pay a dime right. to play AAU. So that's where I'm saying, do they get paid directly like where it's like they're making money off that kid where then they go to a school? Yes, there. I think there are instances. I mean, obviously, we know that there are instances right. where this happens. But I also think, too, that there's not that many like. I don't I don't know. There are a lot of sleazy coaches, but I think they're sleazy more in that way than they are in sleazy like in taking the money from the FBI, which is what if you watch the um, the HBO documentary is called The System and it's 
basically it's Christian Dawkins, who was, you know, kind of the centerpiece of the whole FBI investigation. And he explains all of this stuff and how what the FBI put together literally was not how any of this mm-hmm. thing works. Because they put, they're like, we don't work through coaches to go to coaches and stuff like that. We go to the parents and we'll give right. the parents money. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I don't mess around with like giving it to this coach and this coach and this coach. And then you hope that it ends up, he's like, that's how it all, he's like, these guys were coming here and saying this and like telling me to what to do. And he's like, this is not how it works. And he's like, but they're the ones with the money. So it's like, I just, you know, and then they, in this case, the federal government was the ones with the right. money. So it's like, they didn't actually know what was happening of how this stuff worked. They just were making it up on their own. Um, but I think that like, you know, if it's a Ben Simmons or Andrew Wiggins or a, someone like that who is like a, at the high school level is a transcendent talent and Imani Bates, Imani Bates who just committed to Michigan State, he's a number, uh, he would be the number one recruit in every class in the last 20 years, probably. Some people think he's the best high school prospect since LeBron James. And uh, someone like that, like it doesn't matter. If, is if he you're the one on going team, straight to like, the D League, G League? No, mm-hmm. he's he just committed to go to Michigan, Michigan State, oh, but he's in the 2022 class, and I okay. would guess that he will never play a minute of college basketball. Right. But that's because I think they'll change the rules in time to just right. draft yeah. him. Um, but I think, you know, so that you know these other kids can see, especially if it's like somewhere like Los Angeles or Miami or anywhere like that, where there's a boatload of money. And I can tell you this because I know. I had a lot of friends, obviously, like I have a lot of friends who played AAU basketball. I never played AAU basketball personally. I wouldn't have been making a decision based on like, oh, you know, this is where such and such played. Right. Um, But I do know people that said like, oh, this is where such and such played. I'm going to go and play there because that's a good, you know, good place to go and play because like, look like these people that they're pumping out. Um, and then they get into the system and they're like, and you're like on the third team yeah. and it's like, you're not there. They're not putting you out there to actually try and make you be like someone they're going to try and help get You're recruited. a money maker at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. You're literally there just to, to make money so that those other kids can go and travel around the country and play, you yeah. know? And, and two, when those kids that they don't play for any money, and I'm not going to say anything specifically because I think anybody that knows anything about the AAU culture in this state will know exactly what I'm saying. They will honor you quite, you know, to a very drastic way, in a very drastic way. And you will more often than not probably give money back to that program to where it will work out itself in, in the end. Right. Yeah. And like I said, anybody who knows anything about the AAU culture specifically in this area will know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But you know, it's just, it's where for those programs to get someone to come in and play, that's really, really, really good. That's one of the best players in the country. They're like, okay, is it probably illegal? Yeah. But like, who's really going to come and find out whether or not the number one player in the country paid to play on our AAU team? Yeah. Probably nobody. Yeah. So it also makes me kind of think about So, and this is at such a small scale, but I think that it starts at this level. So I coached an inner city basketball team of, I think they were like, honestly, fifth and sixth graders, very young, little, like young guys. And the team that I was put, put paired with to coach had another coach and he was, uh, like a white male coach. So this inner city Chicago team had... Two black players, two black players and eight white players, (laughs) the guy's son and all of his AAU friends. Why are you coming to the inner city to play against these kids? Like, why? You know, and and my thoughts, what, you know, are you trying to get in? So, you know, you can get some of these athletes on your AAU teams like and he always just said, like, these these are great athletes. And, you know, I want my kids to play with the best athletes. And and it, it just didn't seem right to me when they did it. And, and it was very much like a split as well. Like he would coach 
his son and their players and they would run the drills that they already knew from their AAU team. And then I would be with these other two players, you know, trying to, who didn't know, trying to integrate them in, you know, and they, they lashed out. They didn't want to play with these players. They didn't, they didn't know because they felt like they weren't as good. Well, and they probably felt like outsiders. Right. They felt like outsiders and, and they felt like they weren't as good when in reality, if you're two steps behind, right, if you don't know what direction to run and everyone starts running, yeah, you're going to be the last one in line, right. you know, you're, and so that it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And I just kind of think that like, there's something wrong going on with all of this. Yeah. And I think he, in, in that essay, he essentially ended it by saying, I'm going to sit this season out and I'm going to do my best to work on the youth baseball program where I grew up and make it better and make it fruitful again. And I just thought it was an interesting and commendable if you're if you know if you've decided that the covid risks are too much for your family which i absolutely 100 percent respect to then tie it all back to these crazy race and social issues that we're dealing with at the same time and basically doing it all at once yeah and i thought it was an incredible way to just kind of tie that all together for him yeah no i agree and i just i not to go back to my point fully but i i just think that there's something about baseball and soccer and i'm gonna put those two together because in america i think that there's an issue with race with both of them with both of those sports at a very high level well and i don't know if i i have a very tunnel vision view of soccer i mean i don't i i enjoy soccer i like really like watching soccer but i didn't play growing up and i've only ever viewed it through my sister-in-law who did play club soccer growing up and then played at you and i but it seems to be one of those sports where you got to get in early and you got to have the cash to pay for those club teams yeah and from that very limited view it's always to me seemed like you know kind of an elitist sport And baseball can, it's unfortunate, but I think baseball has become yeah. the same way. And at the core of it, you think about nine and 10 year old kids, you know, out at the sandlot playing. So that's how it should be. Right. That's how it should be. But here's the thing. NBA, you got 10 kids. What do you need to play? A ball. One ball. Yeah. Football. You got 22 kids. What do you need to play? One ball. Right. You got soccer. What do you need to play? One ball. You have baseball. What do you need to play? Everyone needs a glove. Yeah. Everyone needs a glove. But but then why is soccer the way it is in the United States? Soccer just hasn't taken on in the United I States guess as fair. quickly as it, as it did in Europe. And, and I mean, that's just the way that it is. And it's been mismanaged. I think that the, the major league soccer in the U.S. has been mismanaged. And for many <laughs> reasons, um, but it just hasn't taken off. And I think that there my I feel like my point is is broken in so many different ways. Like the AAU breaks it because because that's a, a pathway that you have to spend money <laughs> to, to get Except to there's college. Can, Go ahead, Jared. No, I was, I was just going to say, I think that I mean, even if like to localize this a little bit, one of the biggest problems that I've always had with the state of Iowa is that, I mean, you hear a lot about how like. Iowa is not, you know, a talent factory or something like that. And there's not athletes and things like that that come out of the state of Iowa. And, and the reality of that situation, if we really wanted to dig into it, it's it's not true. Does Iowa pump out as many athletes as people, you know, is Florida? Well, no, there's not near as many people right, as there right, are. Yeah. Or California or like Texas or wherever. But no, for what the size of state that Iowa is, there is a lot of talented athletes in this state, you know, of every race. But... The thing to me that is such a problem in this state is that there is not there. We don't have the access to this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, and I can speak from experience. You mean to the club type yeah, of stuff? To every, in, in, in every sport. Right. Yeah. That's why people where I'm from, don't, we don't play soccer. I yeah. never would have once considered the idea of playing soccer. Yeah. We didn't even have a high school soccer team. I mean, we had to join with Kemper, Yeah, you know, I mean, it was very, at that point, yeah. it was so rare. My, my AAU basketball team that I joined my, in middle school was the very first year that Ames had an, oh, girls at least, AAU team. And that's an Ames. That's an Ames. 
I literally never even had an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I would have to go to Omaha yeah. or to Des Moines to yeah, play. Right. I mean, I would have had to come up playing Kingdom Hoops or play it. And, and it's still that way. Yeah. There's more teams now than there was before. But it's this is what pisses me off because the only opportunity that those kids get to get seen, and it's just unfortunate because obviously, like, coaches are coaching during basketball season. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, they don't. You know, you don't see people. The only reason I really got the exposure that I ever got was because I went to a ton of camps and I got really lucky because there were just the right people at the right camps to be able to see me. And then I made the state tournament. Yeah. Right. And, and if so you don't there, yeah, right. if you don't get into those scenarios, then unless you play AAU, you will never get an opportunity. Yeah. And if you don't go to the right camps, if you're a football player, you're never going to get an opportunity because you have to. The scouts are not going to one off team one-off games they're coming where they're going to get a lot of teams a lot of different opportunities make it efficient so they want to go to aau tournaments they want to go to state tournaments things like that where they're going to have a lot of different players to watch so do you think maybe to kind of circle back to where you started that there's an exploitation of african-american athletes in in aau basketball versus because Maybe exploitation is not the right word, but just there's loopholes that allow it that versus where baseball, it's, you know, they both cost money. So you've got AAU baseball and then you have AAU basketball, but clearly there's more African-American athletes in AAU basketball. I just, I want to know the reason why there are people paying for African-American athletes to play AAU basketball, but there are not people paying for African-American athletes to play club baseball okay that's that's the question that yeah. i have and i don't want to make any accusations i just think that that's a fact and it's interesting as, yeah right i just wonder to i mean i just feel like there's so much less baseball club opportunities yeah like i mean it's been, yeah. again to bring it back to here yeah. we, we play baseball during the club baseball season yeah. that's literally our school season true and, but that that still doesn't explain for the disparity in the percentages of athlete or of black athletes because they're so. also not playing high school ball. But no, and I I just think that baseball just isn't that popular anymore. Yeah, and that's and that's what like with Ian Desmond talking about this yeah. stuff. Like yeah. I understand one hundred percent where he's coming from, but I think the reality of all of this is baseball just has lost so many people. Yeah, especially now and I mean, I right think, now. Like what I'm saying, I think I even have it wrong. What I'm saying is, why aren't we paying for? black athletes to pay i think that the question is why do we have to pay to play sports what what ian desmond is saying is like bring it back down like make it affordable for everyone yes you're absolutely right not only just sports but he's talking about education and basically any youth development why are we creating this disparity where the only way you succeed is if you have the cash to pay that was his that's his base point and yeah yeah see and, and who would be the person that the athlete that a person of color in the sport of baseball would idolize in 2020. Right now, Robinson. In 2020. I mean, who would you watch on answer. TV and be like, I want to be that guy? There, uh, to be fair, there's not a lot of baseball players in general, whether you're a person of color or not, where you could look to and be like, I want to be that guy. Well, what sports a, can you? What? And, no, and, no, then no. What, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, that's why I don't it's think kids want to play baseball. It's a baseball problem. I agree Ki- with you. Kids don't want to play baseball because yes. they're like, I don't see. That's they're, a white people sport. I don't see black people playing baseball. Well, but like, I guess what I'm saying is. Aaron a, Judge? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, ultimately, I'm just saying this is a baseball problem in general. Yeah. Like, I don't think I don't think there's white players that kids are looking to and being like, I, want, I just think it's an identity crisis yeah. for baseball. But you're right, Jared. You're absolutely right yeah. about that. And that's the thing is. We could think of one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like currently playing right now, huge player. I mean, I could think of past ones, but not Yeah, but it's a problem now. Right. Yeah. It's just, the whole thing is really interesting. And I guess I was just struck by the way he, every issue that is on my mind right now, he somehow brought up. Yeah. And it's about representation. I mean, if you as a young athlete don't see people who look like you playing, that tells you that you can't do it, that it's not possible and for this you. Is, this is why let's talk about Bubba Wallace again, because he's a babe. <laughs> but I, this is why I think Bubba Wallace is so important for NASCAR right now, because he's become that person and on a very, very large scale. And whether he wants to or not, he's now the poster boy for yeah. that. I think he wants yeah. to, by the way. And but. also, I, I do want to point out that in 2018, in the World Series, it was the first time in the entirety of the of the MLB that both of the team's managers were minority managers. So, 
it's tough for me to say like they're getting there when we can think of like one or two things. Well, especially when the when you mentioned the numbers have dropped. Right. That's a problem. Right. And it it just again it comes back to me like I would be interested to know what some like legitimate statistics when Tiger Woods came on the scene. Mm. How many more black people or black kids thought that they could then be a professional golfer? Not that they actually, I mean, to be a professional golfer is obviously well, very right. difficult. And that's another sport that yeah. it takes a lot of money to be a really good golfer. I that's can tell you right now but that my husband knows when Tiger is playing, follows Tiger, doesn't care that much about golf, but is always following Tiger, right. always knows when he's playing. We always know when Serena and Coco are playing tennis because Rosa knows Coco plays tennis, right? you know, because we're sitting her in front of the TV. She knows Simone Biles plays, mm. you know, does gymnastics. Mm-hmm. We're sitting her in front of the TV when these women are playing. So she sees like, this is something that's attainable for you. Right. And, and it is attainable for her, whether or not she's seeing people, but it, it's something about the psychology of seeing oh, someone absolutely. on the TV that, that tells you like, okay, if I work hard, I can do this. I'm, I'm accepted here. Yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, but we, the, the fact is there needs to be somehow um, products in place that allow equitable access to those because you know if you're if you don't have access to the club teams whether it's in Iowa or somewhere else the chances of you getting that look for the right person at the right time are just it's yeah. just not there so and just I mean just to briefly speak about the the soccer issue I mean if we made it a little more affordable for people to play do you think that we might be playing at a higher level in the United States, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then you have the but you might catch an athlete that you wouldn't have otherwise caught. You might yeah. catch five or six athletes. Well, that you, right. You know, you might catch an entire an entire roster right. of of people, and then maybe the trajectory of U.S. soccer goes in a completely different direction. And I'm talking about men right now, obviously, because the women obviously are bosses. Obviously, <laughs> I just think they haven't put that much money into the men. Either. No, like I mean, they have obviously. Like, there's a lot of money in men's right. yeah. soccer, but I'm just saying, like, youth boys soccer yes they don't even try no from what i can see yeah i i mean i go like i live right out here by prairie trail the or prairie ridge the complex out there during a normal year there's always girls soccer tournaments going on i very very rarely ever see boys soccer tournaments yeah and this i i just don't think people play soccer like i don't know popularity yeah yeah and popularity regardless of race right yes the last thing I want to say, like, for the state of Iowa and, like, what our problems are here, like, to me, and, like, with, with having an eye, well, I mean, okay, not generally, but, <laughs> well, like, with the, in this specific situation and, like, talking about having idols and things like this, and it's, to me, when I was growing up, like, one of my favorite players in the world and the person that, like, I looked up to was Nick Carlson. Yeah. Because, like, he was a big goofy white guy I was from say, Iowa. You look a little bit like, <laughs> like a, he was a big goofy white guy from small town Iowa, and it was like, man, if you work like to be like Nick Carlson, then you could go to the NBA. I mean, I was never going to go to the NBA, well, right. be, you know, because we Nick, know Nick Carlson has some pretty. <laughs> Nick Carlson has some. I mean, Nick Nick Carlson's seven feet tall, like, and is a freak athlete, you know. But still, to me, like, I could sit there and look at someone like that and be like, man, like if he can make it to the NBA, like, you know. Maybe I could, you know, and that's where it's just in baseball right now. I don't see anybody like that to a black person that they're like, yeah, if I watch that guy and even like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't, I just don't see it. And, and I think there's so many different layers of it. I think the thing that we probably could do is we could just get Keanu Reeves to start a, <laughs> uh, start a team like in, uh, in, in the movie Hardball. RIPG baby. I have never seen And that's seen. the end of my You've rant. never seen no. that. Oh, man. It's a phenomenal movie. Mm, I'm not a big Kiana fan, so. RIPG, baby. Okay. I'm, I'm doing pretty good on this. Yeah, fine. you're doing fine. We're 45 minutes into the podcast and have not taken a break. And I think we probably haven't even gotten halfway through our no, topics. Oh, yeah, we have. Oh, we're halfway through. We're on to the NBA next. You want to take a break? Yeah, we probably should. All right, break. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're ready whenever, I don't know. All right, let me finish this bite. Just, just, just start it up. All right. Come on, Steph. I'm okay. All right, so we know how the uh, Orlando Pride and the National Women's Soccer League had to say goodbye to their competition this year because, you know, a few players went clubbing and tested positive for COVID. Mm. Well, it turns out the NBA is not immune from these problems. (laughs) I don't know if anyone went clubbing, but all I can say is... I mean, we are bringing J.R. Smith into the bubble. (laughs) Let's just keep it real. Do they? Do the kids still call it clubbing? I don't. Oh, uh, that's. I mean, it was in the release, so I just okay. used the word clubbing. So, <laughs> you read the release from the Orlando Pride? Of course, she did. <laughs> anyway, back to the NBA. Uh, the poor Nuggets. They've had what did I say? Three. The Nugs. The Nugs. Hugs. Have hugs we, and Nugs. Has anyone what? confirmed that Sweet Prince Monte Morris has not been? <laughs> Has not been uh, well, one of the, the, the we don't members know. of the Nuggets afflicted by we, this. We don't know who it is. It was just a meant. <laughs> there needs to be there needs to be a, you know some HIPAA laws and things like I don't care if we have to violate HIPAA. I need to make sure that Monte's okay. Big some, game Tay cannot be compromised. <laughs> Does Chris have his number? <laughs> I, actually, I I actually have one of Monte's friends' numbers, so I might have Call to after. just yeah, the I might have to dead face sweet Prince Monte Morris. Can't. Oh my god. Steph is struggle bussing over here. I'm not gonna lie. I still think she can finish this, but (laughs) my stomach is her stomach is very full. It's so hard right now. Like as is mine. It hurts. Don't look at my stomach, Jared. (laughs) You I don't know, you (laughs) (laughs) we might need to take another break. So the Nuggets had to uh, close their practice facility for the week. Um, Just take it over, Jerry. <laughs> I'm just trying to be careful. I mean, I think the big, I think the big thing when when we look at this stuff is that it's good that they were able to catch some of these cases early on. He's being because, so serious. Um, okay. Because now that those guys can quarantine, you know, and they weren't really supposed to leave for de- until July, for Orlando until yeah. mid July anyway. Okay. So you're right. My so, whole. 16 players tested positive out of 302 tests. That's what I read. Out of the whole NBA. Out of the whole or NBA. Or whoever is practicing yeah. right now. And some some have come out and said, you know, these are the players. Other teams have just said it's from the Eastern Conference. Could be anybody. It's playoff team from the Eastern Conference, I think, was what they said about another couple of them. Playoff team from the Western Conference had four, but we're not going to talk about that. We talked about that before. The, <laughs> My sweet prince, the DeAndre Jordan, won't be playing, which makes me sad. Can I ask why DeAndre Jordan's your favorite player? Because remember when he dunked on that dude and then made that like mm, yeah, Brandon face? Knight, yeah. That's it. He, he murdered him. That, yeah. that face. Murdered. <laughs> okay. Shout out to Lob City. That was, those were some fun teams. That that what that moment made me his biggest fan. They are they are the like mid 2010 Clippers, mid 2010s Clippers are some ultimate with Blake not, Griffin. Not necessarily what if, but like they were always so close to being really, really good, and they Agreed. would collapse every time. <laughs> Agreed. I agree with that. They were up three one on the Warriors the year the Warriors won their first title, and and lost in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I'm not trying to change the subject, but <laughs> I'm gonna well, we're just it. trying to carry the show here while <laughs> yeah. you're still over here working on your watermelon. My melon. Um, basically, in my notes, I have when is this going to stop? <laughs> Because I'm just, listen, if you listen to Bloom and Chris's quarantine podcast, they talk about this every time, but there's going to be positive cases of COVID. So every time there's a positive case, we can't like shut things down. Right. And that's what's freaking me out. And it's not just limited to basketball. It's everything. Like every time there's a positive case at a daycare, the daycare... Like I know daycares are handling it different, but like Bloom's daycare, he talked about it. Their whole daycare shut down for two weeks. Yeah. Um, Every time a business has one positive case, they're closing down. So it freaks me out for the chances of. So here's the thing about the NBA. So the NBA, one person gets, and we know that they're privileged. (laughs) So the NBA, one person gets sick. Everyone 
gets tested that night yeah and within a couple hours has the results of the test so they moving forward they know who can play the next day to me you know what i mean clean the whole facility and then you move on whereas if like a restaurant or a bar here in town gets a case you have to you get tested you have to close down you get everyone has to get tested and it takes a couple days. NBA, matter of minutes. Yeah, so the NBA is probably going to be fine. Yeah. But then what does... Because we're throwing the playing cards away. What? Huh? You, you didn't hear about that? No. Yeah, they're going to have the cards so they can play their boo ring oh, and throw their $20,000. I did hear that. Yeah, every time you play, you got to throw the cards away. And they said there will be plenty of decks so they can always play cards. Man, it must be rough. <laughs> I wish you all could see Elisa's face right I'm now. I'm dead ass serious. I know like, you are. I, know I don't know what Boo Ray is. Oh, it's a card. This is what the NBA players play. Bro, they're playing spades. But then, I'll uh, tell you that. Well, right they do now. play spades, but they they also play Boo Ray. But okay. then, but then, like, call it, or sorry, if we're just bringing this back to local, like high school baseball teams are having to cancel. Right. And so then I realize the NBA is privileged. I, let's hope the NBA goes on. I want to watch the NBA. But what is gonna, what are small college college is going to do i mean we've seen so many d3 schools canceling the entirety of their fall seasons right i'm just starting to panic is what i'm saying right straight panic mode okay well so talk me off the ledge somebody i'll be honest too if some of these d3 schools can't have sports seasons and kids can't go to and like kids go somewhere else because i went to a d3 school i could tell you the percentage of kids that only go there to play a sports lot. is it's very very high. high if those kids can't play sports and they leave and go somewhere else the viability of those schools I know. will decrease very quickly. I, and this is something that a couple of weeks ago while I was talking to, um, you know, if you a guy in the coaching world <laughs> uh, at that level. And uh, Chad Boston. No, man. Shout out to the goat, Chad Boston, though. I wish I was talking to Chad, Chad Boston. Chad Boston is an assistant coach at Simpson. Yeah. Um, and is one of my husband's very good friends. And yeah, also... He's, he's a student assistant at... Can I tell... No, I probably shouldn't. Probably, probably shouldn't. I don't know what Chad you're going to say, right but now. you probably shouldn't. No, I won't tell about the night when we were uh, in okay. Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, and Chad, Jared, and, I had, Chad and I had to share a bed. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Chad, um, when a fun fact about Chad, whenever he takes a picture, he looks like he's mid-sentence. Every picture of him, his mouth is open. I'll add that he was like one year out of college, a student assistant, not an actual <laughs> right. assistant at that time. When I, I'm not <laughs> telling any more of that when story. Slept but, with him. Yeah, uh, what? I to put it that way. Um, but no, when he, when I was talking to him and he's starting to tell me some of this stuff, I'm sitting there and I'm like. So the, and it, it kind of comes back to the thing about Iowa athletes. If we were to sit here and look at the American Rivers Conference, which is formerly known as the Iowa Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, what they – the percentage of kids on those rosters, which at the time I was there, I think there was nine schools. I think there's ten now, including Nebraska West End. I would be willing to bet it's 65 to 70 percent of those kids are Iowa kids, and they are the more often the best of the best of the small schools. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, if those schools start to go away, the number of opportunities that will be gone for our Iowa kids will be terrible. I mean, it will be a very serious problem. And, yeah. and it, it's something that I don't think is being discussed enough because I, I think it, it really, I'm really worried about that. I think there's a lot of things that aren't being discussed enough. And I think that a lot of those economic implications, you know, the trickle down of not just the direct, what's going to happen to Iowa state and Iowa, if college football is not played, but what's going to happen to smaller school X, Y, Z. And yeah, because you know, the reality is even if they attempt to play a season, there's going to be a lot of problems making that work. Mm -hmm. And Iowa State and Iowa are always going to have boosters who are willing to shell out money to make sure that Iowa State and Iowa stay at the top of their game, you know, have the utmost uh, of wonderful the best facilities. Of the best. Yeah. They're always going to have those boosters, but those smaller schools aren't. They're not going to necessarily have the people who can cover the cost of the loss. And the, the loss is going to be greater than that loss. Yeah, it's not great. You were supposed to, I just said, talk me off the ledge and you talked me closer to the edge. And don't get me wrong. Like, I don't know anything about the financials of Simpson and Central. No, and like, but because I could tell you one thing, you got to pay a lot of hell, a hell of a lot of money to go to school there. So yeah. like, I don't know, they can't be that bad, but, uh, <laughs> but it's just where you don't get any of that money then all of a sudden for well, a, ser- you a know, period if, of time. Let's like, just say even 10% of the student athletes that uh, you, uh, suddenly they don't have a, they're not going to have a season anymore. They decided, well, then why don't I just go to 
work yeah. school, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Have you yeah. ever noticed when Jared gets really upset, he turns into like this Italian grandma, like I, like <laughs> grandpa, like I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, just you, gonna- <laughs> you sound like the chef that would be on stage at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> R.I.P. Chuck E. Cheese, by the way. They oh, Charles they close? E- Charles Entertainment Cheese had to uh, <laughs> declare bankruptcy. <laughs> Well, anyways, did you guys we, know that they used to reuse pizza? What do you mean they used to? I'm reuse trying to pizza? eat a watermelon like here. A, Can we a, not a, talk about it? I'm, I'm buying you time. There's way too much watermelon in there for how long this has been. Okay, let's not stop. Let's not talk about Chuck right. E. Cheese. I I want to talk about the NBA. Should I tell you what I learned about yeah, the Toronto yeah, Raptors? Yes, I'm, I'm, done. Done. I'm done. So, um, another sweet prince. Matt Thomas? Mm-hmm. Is uh-huh. that a good yeah, segue? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just making sure I have the... He's a sweet prince. Okay. Sweet prince Matt Thomas um, plays for, obviously, the Toronto Raptors. So the Toronto Raptors are the only team that's not in not based in the U.S. And so when the, when the um, quarantine started, basically, like when the NBA closed... Um, when they shut down, a lot of the players left Canada and came back here to the U.S. where they where their families were, where their you know homes were, where they were based out of, basically. So they came back here to the U.S. Um, and then now, so now everyone's getting together for this two week training camp, basically, and and they don't want to go back to Canada because you go back to Canada right now from the U.S. You have to do a two week quarantine. So then that takes up your entire two weeks of training and then you have to come Come back back. here. So instead of going back to Canada, instead of gathering all in Canada, they've decided to go to Florida early um, and go to Fort Myers. And um, everyone just kind of came to Fort Myers. They went to the Florida Gulf Coast University. They came on June 22nd. So they've been there. I don't know, a week mm-hmm. now um, and just kind of trying it out, seeing how this bubble is going to work for them. And so they they've unfortunately, you know, had to leave their families a little bit earlier than everybody else. Um, but, you know, they all did. And and to me, hmm, I don't know. Hmm, <laughs> they're everyone's going to Florida. Florida yeah. is having a, a huge surge in cases. They're doing great down there in Florida. So to me, that says it's, it was never about player safety. And the commissioner said it best. You know, we're getting back together because sports matter, not because lives matter, you know, not because health matters, because sports matter. So let's all send the entirety of the NBA down to Florida, you know, to go through the airports to, you know, rent a car and get but they're, to they're, they're 100% not going to be yeah, able to rent a car. They're they're like armed guards yeah, level of They're those dudes are not leaving But Disney where are World. they flying into? I mean, they'll fly into Orlando, they'll get off on the tarmac and hop on a bus. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think they're the safest humans probably yeah. on the planet. And who's making their food? Somebody who's living there for 3 months? If I was in the NBA right now, I'd say I'll offer you $50,000 to to, sit, stay, to stay here in this hotel, this beautiful hotel at Disney World, which is not the happiest place on earth by the way. <laughs> in a horrible city of Orlando, but we I'd like those people, I'm like, "Oh, you're going to pay me, you know, whatever to you're gonna stay pay here the housekeeper. You're going to pay the housekeeper who works at a hotel on on at Disney World who has Three well, children, to, the mother of three on. children, to leave her family. You think for they can't find months? random people to come in and clean the? I do I, not. I'm not saying I you're guarantee wrong. they could. I'm not saying you're wrong as far as I don't think he's. I don't. But I don't think anybody's denying that they're playing for the sake of sports, right? And, so no one's lying about that. I just do think that the NBA is probably the the players that have chosen to go down there. Is in terms of safety, I think they're probably the safest people. But unless why Florida is my question. Just because the Disney World yeah. campus is so big and so easy to get everybody. I mean, if we're going to be honest, if we're talking about any sport because that's a problem, money. if we're talking about any sport that's a problem, it's baseball. Why are these people flying all over yeah, the country? No, they should it's absolutely insanity. not be. It's I, insanity. I just think Florida was maybe not the best choice, but well, the, they've chosen it and it's there now. So I mean, it was three weeks ago when they made that decision. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I also feel like they're as far in terms of bubbling themselves, they're it doesn't matter where you're going to yeah. You're always, there's always going to be a risk. And that's, that's where everyone is going too. like the MLS is going to Florida. WNBA is going to Florida. Everyone's going to Florida. 
It's stressing me out. I'm not going to Florida. I am not going to Florida. Anyways, so right now, while they're at Florida Gulf Gulf Course, Dunk City, they in Fort Myers. So breakfast and lunch are all in a big ballroom. And the way that they said it is there's these huge tables spaced like really far apart. And there's only two chairs at each table. And they're at either side of these big tables. So, like which, movies. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. And so I just, I don't know. I, th- I thought that was kind of interesting. Which is kind of funny to me because you're playing, like you're practicing together. So what yeah. the hell does it matter? Yeah. And Nick Nurse said, it feels like we're going to basketball camp every day. <laughs> like <laughs> kids. funny? Yeah. 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 And he's like, he, he said he's in his room, like practicing guitar and electric keyboard. Good for him. I know. As, as a true Carol, I, yes. I, know. Would. I, I really do think that with the whole bubble thing though, what you brought up about the people coming in and out, that would be the only possible way that this could get broken because yeah. they've said, if you leave the bubble, you're, you're not out, coming right. back in. Right. And that's why I think that, and I don't know that this would ever be made public because it probably is just kind of like, we're going to try and do, you know, but I mean, it's like, we're going to hire four people, you know, find four single people that work here that are yeah, you know, housekeepers or whatever it may be, and be like, you are going to re- be clean all of the rooms. Yeah, every day. I mean, and, and how many rooms could there possibly be that's going to be yeah. cleaned? You know, it's interesting. I'm not going to get into the tangent because then I think about how many people have lost their jobs because no. they weren't able or willing to do that. Right. It's a, and I'm not. I mean, that's what I was saying. I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong. And is this the most important thing in the world? Right. But it's just. But no one's lying about right. it either. And this is maybe just. The, the best of all the options that there were. Right. If my job was to pick up the playing cards after they were done using them, <laughs> and they told me that they would pay me, I don't know. No, no. Fifteen, twenty thousand dollars to do it, then you're you're damn right I would be in the Orlando bubble picking up every single one of those playing but cards. It'd be fifty two card pickup every day. Here's the other th- fifty two card pickup. Here's the other thing is why are they switching the playing cards if everyone's in the bubble and everyone's been tested before they That's, got into the bubble? Who's bringing in the COVID? Probably a liability thing, just like yeah, going all out. I mean, the thing I was wondering, they're going to have these lounges where like they can play 2K. Are they right. going to break the controller after every game and right. throw it away? I don't. But I mean, I I don't know what the NBA is paying for this, but this is like them. This is t- telling me that they know that if they do not come back and play in the force majeure clauses in their contracts yeah. go mm-hmm. into effect, they say like, yo, we're, we're not going to have a league anymore. Right. So we got to show up and play. Right. And that's why they're throwing as much money at this as they possibly can. Right. Be- I mean, like they're literally going to have Florida State troopers at every exit. Like you can't leave. So they, they play from 830 a.m. till 530 in the afternoon, but they only have a couple players at a time and they clean the facility. Oh, so that's why they're keeping separate at dinner for right now. Okay. Yeah. But it it still just doesn't make sense to me because are you, are you, you can't keep this forever. You have to play games at some point. Right. But are you in a bubble or are you not in a bubble and have you all been tested or have you not been tested? Yeah. That's, I don't know. Can I say I'll also be full eggplant emoji when I, when Lakers and Clippers tip off on July 29th. When's your birthday? August 2nd. Okay, I knew it was around greatest, there. Greatest birthday gift ever is uh, there's a quadruple header. Uh, I knew it was around this Starting time. at like 1.30 <laughs> this is in the afternoon. straight emoji. Starting at 1.30 in the afternoon and the last game's at 10.30 at night. <laughs> It'll See you just later, be Jared. back to back yeah. to back to back. Oh, um, great. Okay, I'm just going to call it. I'm throwing in the towel. Yes! I'm so close. No! We should have put something on this. But you have to take a picture of how far I Can okay. we just be proud of me? I am very proud of you. I don't know. You talked a big game. I ate a big melon. <laughs> okay. Can we end this on a sappy note? Because yeah. this is, okay. So it's 941 on June 30th, 2020. <laughs> and uh, let me just say, June has been a beast for me, mm. which has been a bummer because I typically love June. It has my birthday and only my birthday. Definitely not any important public figure's birthday. <laughs> um, and June 21st is the longest day of the year. It signifies summer. It's the best. And it's just... There's been a lot of things that have really bummed me out this month. And Elisa and I have talked consistently to each other about how, well, let me just say, when it's been weird in this pandemic, when things make you sad, I feel like the natural reaction is feel guilt because in your mind, you're always like, well, shit, somebody else has this way worse than I do. Yeah. 
And that's weird. And it's a problem because when you feel that way, you never get a chance to kind of like sink into that sadness. And as a result of that, you never grow through it and you never recover from it and you never fully heal from it. And you never let yourself grieve. Yes. You can't get through the steps of grief. And so it just kind of hangs there and you try to press on, but it's tough because you've never let that heal. So Lisa and I have been very good to each other about telling, preaching this to each other mm-hmm. and preaching it to other people. But the truth of the matter is when it comes to myself, I've not been super great about this. And, uh, <laughs> I just want to thank you, Lisa, because oh, don't make me cry. <laughs> but when stuff is, there's just been some crazy personal stuff that's happened to me. And I'll just say it because I've been pretty honest about stuff a couple of weeks ago. Like I thought it was my, my mom had a crazy freak thing happen to her. And like, we thought we were going to lose her. And then yesterday my grandma passed away and I told Elisa and I said, she asked me like, how are you? And I said, I'm okay. And your response to me was like, you don't always have to be the strong one. And I just want to thank you because it's one of those things that like we preach to each other, but it's hard when it's you. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to thank you for that. And Jared, I have to thank you too, because you talked me off of a ledge one day. <laughs> I literally said, do you think you can talk stuff off a ledge? <laughs> I referred to myself in the third person in a text. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just told you, I, just, I don't take anything seriously enough to actually, uh, I was but, uh, the one making jokes with Chris this, like five minutes after he was like, yeah, I tested positive for COVID. And I was like, I mean, you survived scarlet fever, so I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Aww. But point being, I think I just want to say, like, if you're going through stuff, let yourself sit in it, knowing that, yes, somebody else has it worse. Because I have my job. My kids have daycare. Like, we've all been healthy. But still, like, life is still happening And there's some stuff in life that's hard. And just because someone else doesn't have it worse doesn't mean you're not allowed to feel things. So I imagine someone out there needs to hear that. My go-to things when people come to me with struggles is to say, first of all, like your feelings are valid. You can feel the way that you feel regardless of how anyone else's situation. Because those things can coexist. Right. You can have a rough time and somebody else can have a rougher time and that doesn't make your rough time not rough. Right. So, you know, your feelings are valid. Don't feel bad about talking to somebody about it, a professional about it, especially during this time. Telehealth is um, uh, is covered by your insurance in Iowa right now. So if you don't even have to go into your psychiatrist's office, your therapist's office, you can just, you know, call them up, do a video chat. And the other thing is treat yourself, do nice things for yourself. And I was talking to my best friend about this today. And even if the world is crashing around you and you're trying to hold it all up, the act of trying to hold it all up is never going to feed your soul. Right. But if you let a couple things fall, if you let your house get messy, if you let your husband eat at babops, <laughs> meat bops for dinner and you feed your kid fruity pebbles and milk and you treat yourself to something nice and do or something Culver's nice for custard. yourself. Yeah. You take a bath. You do a craft that you've been wanting to do for a long time. You watch a game that watch a game that made you particularly happy from the past. You know, you find something to treat yourself. You're going to get so much more fulfillment than if you tried for that hour and a half to hold the world up around you. Yeah. So treat yourself, treat yourself, Jared. And don't be scared to ask for a sloth, a sloth Jeff. That's right. I ask for those on a regular basis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> All right. Well, since I ate all this melon, I really got a pee. So let's let's wrap this up. All right. Wrap it up. <laughs> Go Cyclones. Go State. <laughs>